Hello, and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. This is episode 39, and I'm Shelley Brisbane, your host. Wait a minute. Parallel? 39? What in the heck am I talking about? This is also an episode of the Mac Accessibility Roundtable. I'm here with the usual Knights of the Roundtable to talk about the Apple event that has just concluded. It is the first ever crossover episode between Parallel and Mac Accessibility Roundtable. So my first task is to thank everybody on the Mac Accessibility team for allowing me to make this double header podcast. Uh, before I introduce everybody, just a reminder that we are live streaming. This will be available as a podcast as well, but either now or in the future, if you are on Twitter, if you use the hashtag VOLive to communicate uh, with us, we will see your comments or your questions, and we will try our best to incorporate that into the show. Our topic today is the One More Thing Apple event on November 10th, 2020. So let me, without any further ado, it's probably the longest I've ever waited to introduce people in the entire history of this show. Let me, without further ado, introduce my fellow panelists. First up, Robin Christofferson. Hello. Hello, guys. And next up, it's Holly Anderson. Hi there. Hello. It's a mega crossover event. <laughs> it's a mega. It's a mega. And at least the other mega, mega participant, it's Darcy Bernard. Hello. Hey, good to be here and good to be back on Parallel. See, we get everybody on the show one way or another, even if I have to trick you onto coming onto the show by coming <laughs> on your own show. Well, we're here to talk about the Apple One More Thing event, the third in Apple's uh, fall roadshow, I guess, and the shortest. I think it was 45 minutes all told, which is kind of a record, but if you have three events in three months, that's going to happen. So, so I guess my first question to everybody before we get into the meat of what was announced is what's everybody's uh, general thought about this event? It was it was pretty good. I thought mm -hmm. it was I thought it was good. Um, one thing though, I I think we can assume at this point um, that there are no such thing as AirTags. That AirTags <laughs> are in fact not a real product. That it was just a way for Apple to sort of you know trick the rumor sites, put some false information out there. Because we heard about these things it before the fall event last year, and it doesn't seem like it would take a year for that kind of engineering. So I'm calling it at this point, no air tags, not a thing. Maybe maybe air tags are made out of air. So there's maybe no the air power, them. there's no air tags, only no air pods can exist. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I liked all the videos with the chips in the air and then it was in the wall and then it was in the and then it was in the circuit board and I yeah. liked all that those videos. I, I assume that's the actual process for manufacturing <laughs> the computers. They just everything <laughs> just flies around and dances into magic. plates and yeah, everything. Just everything. Well, those lab rooms were really enormous, so there's plenty of room for chip components to just fly around and come together and turn that into That would be Max. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ow, they, like a head with an M1. <laughs> they really went to town on the kind of visual effects and having fun with the transitions, didn't they? Coming up through the yes. pond and out and you know yeah crazy 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 stuff but i liked it i really liked it i like hardware so when there's lots of hardware i'm happy i, I do too, but i found the chip stuff kind of boring but other than that yeah it wasn't particularly long though it was it was funny and we'll, we'll get to it there, there was a fair bit about the chips and then when we get to the computers it was somewhat minimalist <laughs> in terms of <laughs> what we usually yeah. expect yeah. So, so the big news is the Apple Silicon chip, and it's pronounced silicon. It's I, I guess we knew that, but it seemed like they're very precise about that pronunciation. I don't like it. I'm, I'm not silicon. It's not silicone. I don't like. I don't like not silicon. Silicon. Not silicone. Silicon. I'm going silicon. on record. It's like <laughs> I uh, hate I to break like it to you, but I know that there's been lots of people that have been very, you know, specific about how you say it over there, but over here they're pronounced exactly the same. So confusion will reign, maybe. Uh, what's, okay. what's pronounced the same? Silicon. Oh, it's the and same. And the other one, the the rubber one. So silicon. That's also oh, there. Silicon. You go. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just just stick we to the English pronunciations, own. and you'll be all right. So. <laughs> yeah. So we have the M1 silicon chip. There was a lot of detail about its composition. I actually found it helpful because the visual uh, went through the quadrants of the chip. You have the processor component, the GPU component, the uh, machine learning component, and the secure enclave, which they've used that image before, that representation of it. But it, it made for a pretty efficient way to describe the processor in its many components. Every time they talk about the secure enclave or any kind of security, they still do the little click, which I like, which I appreciate. <laughs> I didn't notice. It makes you feel good. Yeah, I love the little click. <laughs> I like the noise of unlocking the security settings in user preferences on the Mac. That's yeah. a nice sound. Yeah. 
You'll notice that I did skip ahead of some of the introductory material, the video with all the famous people, including people so famous that I didn't know who they are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I knew I some of them, to, but I didn't know a lot of them. I went straight to the hardware. So if anybody wants to say anything about the pre-hardware elements, uh, feel free. But I'm just talking about chips right now. So was it the the video at the beginning where it was like a um, poet beat poetry kind of thing? I thought that was really good. It was a well-done video. I'm just sort of making fun of my own lack of celebrity knowledge. I mean, you had (laughs) people like Tom Hanks and Lady Gaga and Serena Williams, all very quick bits. And And there were several videos, Billie Eilish, there's several videos throughout where you have a lot of people Mm. in in very quick cuts, including the developer video that we'll get to, where I was trying to read people's names and they were going by so fast that I could not. Yeah. The audio description helped with some of that, but yeah. Yes. It was funny, though, when the describer was listing all these people. Um, the way they the way they said it without pausing it was like you know like Tom Hanks, Billy Eilish, Apple logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that completely. <laughs> this episode of Parallel is brought to you by Sync Up, a OneDrive podcast. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, Sync Up takes you behind the scenes of OneDrive, so you can learn about how to connect files, share your documents, and work from anywhere. And you'll get to hear about the design and development side of things too. Each episode covers a dedicated topic, guest interviews, news and announcements, plus a special topic outside the technology norm. And just so you have an idea of what to expect, I want to tell you about a few topics that have been on some recent episodes. They've talked about empowering Mac users, changing management and product adoption, customer success, file sharing, personal vaults, and more. I listened to the episode focusing on using OneDrive with macOS. And it was really interesting because it took the perspective of somebody who is an admin, maybe their experience with OneDrive, but not necessarily sure how the Mac integrates into that world. And they did a pretty good job of, on a fairly technical level, explaining uh, how that works. And also, as somebody who's been an admin in the past, but now is mostly a power user of both the Mac and OneDrive, there was a lot in there for me, too, that helped me understand the inner workings of OneDrive. So I, I really appreciated that content. Go and listen to it now. Just search for Sync Up wherever you get your podcasts. That's S-Y-N-C-U-P. Or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to Sync Up and Microsoft for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. They made quite a big deal about the performance of various elements of the chip. This is the first silicon on a chip uh, processor for, for the Mac. And I don't know that we learned anything about the M1 chip other than its name that was particularly surprising. Obviously, it's considerably faster. It is intended to be a low-power consumption chip, and I don't think it's an accident that we got fairly uh, low-end Macs, at least uh, partially and so there was a lot of conversation about performance. I never know how to interpret performance when it's relative either to a previous computer or a competitor. It's just like, hey, it's really fast. The thing that we said was fast last year is no longer fast. This is fast. This is fast. You thought it was fast before. You're wrong because this you is have fast. No this, idea. Is, this is but the thing that I'm curious about, and they didn't really talk about this, and I know they, they sell different models, obviously, of computer, but is there one M1 or are there different variants of the M1? Because like, you know, with the Intel chips, you know, there were like, you know, dual core versions and quad core versions and stuff. And I know they talked about how this has like the eight performance cores and the eight, you know, efficiency cores. But I don't know if like there's only one M1 or if there's multiple M1s or or how that goes. Well, it's funny that you say that. There appears to be one M1, but I'm looking at the uh, specs page for the spoiler alert, new MacBook Air. And in all of the M1 conversation, they talked about how many cores it had, both CPU cores and GPU cores. And if you look at the specs for the MacBook Air that we'll talk about in a little bit, both of the, it says Apple M1 chip, and then they have eight core CPUs but one has a seven-core GPU and one has an eight-core GPU. So perhaps it's the same processor, but they have some flexibility with the other components. I'm I'm not clear on that. Yeah, and I think also they, they made a lot about the um, performance management process or software, um, or actually it would be part of the chip, isn't it? Part of the system on a chip, but they can very much tailor the performance envelope or the, you know, um, the power of the the processes, how fast they perform daily tasks or, you know, um, everyday tasks, and then how 
they can be quickly ramped up and that sort of thing to give the best. And they also said that Big Sur has been tailor coded to take advantage of the M1 chips kind of power management performance envelope. So I think, yeah, basically the, apart from the number, the varying number of GPU cores, we've got a very similar SOC across these three different devices that we can talk about, but um, it's all about how they're driven. And, you know, one of them has got a, some active cooling system, which we can uh, speculate about. But um, yeah, the other ones, you know, the, the, the MacBook Air, are we allowed to say that? No fan. Since I already did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I feel like the, the processors, at least initially, it makes sense that they would have one kind of processor and that they would, you know, I don't know whether clock speed is even a relevant way to discuss this kind of processor. They were specific to talk about high performance cores and high efficiency cores. So you have an eight core CPU, but it has two different kinds of cores in it. I don't know enough about chip hardware to know whether that's done in other kinds of uh, CPUs, but it, it does seem like that could potentially be a variability. So if you have a higher end device, maybe you bulk out on the performance cores as opposed to the efficiency cores because you have some sort of advanced cooling system that will take care of them. Well, the one thing I was kind of curious about, and we'll get into this in more detail as we get into each individual product, I'm sure, but like each individual uh computer said it starts at a certain price, right? Presuming that there's multiple models. Um, do those different models say just cover storage or what other differences are there in those models? And I guess that would tell us whether about the, the right. different chips and stuff. Yeah. And I'll have a little bit to say about that. I'm, I'm looking at one product configuration page right now. And the, the difference I've seen so far is that seven versus eight GPU. And some of the products they said starts at, and some of the products said you know, this is what it costs. So it'll be interesting to sort of wander through the configuration as we go further down this road. But but again, I feel like they're wanting to keep the processor situation simplified because they haven't even brought silicon across to all the new Macs. In fact, they said before and they said again today, it's going to take a couple of years for them to roll out. So my guess is that they would wait to have different generations of the product that, again, maybe emphasize performance over power or performance over uh, efficiency because these devices, portable devices and small scale devices, efficiency and low power consumption are going to be particularly important. Well, I think I think when like, I think it will be good if they actually can simplify that, because I know uh, speaking as someone who just recently bought a MacBook Air, <laughs> um, I it was confusing because there were three different processor choices available to me. And I had to do a lot of research about like which one is, you know, the the best for the money and all that kind of stuff. So if they can kind of simplify that, like, you know, you get the M1 regardless and everything else is just, you know, maybe some advantages here and there. But if they can simplify that, that'll be a lot easier for consumers, I think. Are they selling the Intel Macs anymore in MacBook Airs? Or is it this, this M1 MacBook Air, is it the only MacBook Air that you can get now? I wonder. If you Good go question. to the MacBook Air page, you only see these two, but that's the sort of intro page. If you go to the buy page, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. But okay, I'm sorry. I... That's, that's okay. <laughs> uh, if you go to the buy page, you have 13-inch MacBook Pros. There are two of them in different colors. They Both of them have the M1. I'm scrolling down because sometimes they hide one below. Uh, I'm not seeing any older MacBook Airs. Now we'll work. Let's let's wait to talk about other platforms, and maybe they maybe that's different because, of course, one of those platforms, different sizes are available, and they didn't announce new sizes for new versions right. of all right. the sizes. Mm -hmm. so, okay, that that does make sense because I I wouldn't think they would sell multiple. That would just be way too confusing. Yeah, yeah. So as you can imagine, when they talked about the chip and they discussed performance, a lot of the kinds of performance and the apps that they were discussing were high-end things, whether they be software development or whether they be games or whether they be creative class apps, you know, pro apps. And in fact, it seemed like almost all of the examples of apps really were about high-end stuff. It wasn't, wow, you can use notes 100 times faster, which I guess makes sense. But it was interesting because you have products that are kind of at the low end of the line, but the sort of marketing was about you can do really sophisticated 
things much, much faster than you've been able to do in the past. So look forward to that as we're going through all of this. Well, I think, I wonder if it's still the way, um, I wonder if Apple still sees it. Um, you remember back, this was, um, I'm not sure when it, it was, Steve Jobs was, was still alive and he had that speech about how he saw the things like the iPad and stuff as, as, a ca- as cars and the Macs as like trucks, like more high performance things. So I wonder if that's they're still sort of thinking that way. Like, you know, if you're buying a Mac, you're probably doing more with it versus if you're just doing things like, you know, web browsing and mail and notes and word processing and stuff. Like you you might be able to, to do what you need on an iPad. I think that um, one really telling stat that they gave. So this is an M1 chip and M stands, I'm pretty sure, for like mobile. You know, it's, it's meant to be for mobile uh Form factors, although they did announce a non-mobile Mac that we'll talk about. But um, so, yeah, you've got two laptops here and they I'm pretty sure it's based on, you know, the latest Apple Silicon. So the A14 generation or A14X, some people are saying. But the the stat that really jumped out at me, because we could talk about all of the other kind of like two and a half times faster GPU based on, you know, the last gen MacBook Air and stuff like that. But 98% 98% it's more powerful the M1 chip than 98% of every single PC laptop sold in the last 12 months and if you think about that that must include high end gaming PC laptops from Alienware and people like that that actually include Xeon chips in them and massive fans and um those are you know hardly laptops at all they're you know enormous things so you know and and I it, I would argue includes uh, Mac laptops as well that are Intel based. So, because um, unless P- I'm interpreting PC wrong here. So, you know, the bottom line is this is incredibly powerful. And so, if you think that that's the kind of ceiling there based on what your workflow is, you know, are you going to be doing? I mean, they talked about, you know, high end music uh, editing and production and that sort of thing. And they talked about video. You know, that's. It's all that's all about the CPUs and the GPUs, you know, and the thermal limit. And that we know now because they talked a lot about power efficiency as well has been brought way down. Uh, so there's not, there's not really any ceiling on this on this, uh, you know, the performance of this. They're not having to throttle these. They can put as much RAM as they need within the envelope of the computer. So, you know, I think that was the kind of main takeaway for me is that this thing is crazy fast. And, you know, they're putting the same one in the air as they are in their MacBook Pro. So, yeah. Did you guys kind of get the same feeling? I will say that when they were talking about statistics, because there were a lot of, you know, two times, ten times, three times, there were a couple of cases where they had graphs and they compared to Mac laptops. They also compared to, quote, PC laptops. And I actually listened to what was being said, but I also looked at the screen because I wondered whether there was any sort of caveat or more specific information. And there wasn't. It typically would say when compared to all PC laptops or compared to the average PC. I don't think it said average. That's not right. But to a PC laptop. So they are taking the most advantage of their statistics. I'm not saying that they're wrong, that their processor is is incredibly fast, but it's imprecise. I don't think you can take the statistics that they chose and make any realistic assessments of the speed of this processor. It's too marketing based, in my opinion. Some of the stats they gave were they were saying it's two x times faster than it you know the the previous gen iPad for ex- I mean uh, MacBook Air for example. So sometimes they were comparing it with themselves. Sometimes they were comparing it with the leading models in the on the you know Intel side of things. And one time I noticed they compared it to the best selling PC laptop, and that's different. That's a di- so they were kind of slightly tweaking it. They're, yeah, because, they're choosing the statistics that work mm-hmm. best for the particular, mm-hmm. which is not new for them or for, frankly, yeah. anybody who's in this position. Mm-hmm. But I think they we talked about how it was speedier fast. in terms of running JavaScript, uh, two times, two point five times more responsive. Uh, what did I? Okay, one point five times speedier running JavaScript, two, two times more responsive. Uh, and then I don't have what it's more responsive than it talks a lot. <laughs> oh, well, good, good job, Shelly. Uh, and then there's a diagram of a, a chip that's now 
then they talk about software. They talk about, as you said, Big Sur has been optimized for it. Big Sur has power management that takes advantage of the M1, which I actually think is is almost as interesting, if not more interesting, than the raw speed because power management and the ability to run a device either without a fan or with a cooling system that is optimized for the kind of power management software that you have and the chip that you have, that's going to give them incredible options and agility in terms of designing computers and also in terms of increasing battery life. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, if you don't, if you can make things run cooler and you don't even have a fan that you need to spin up, which can draw a lot of power, then yeah, absolutely. You're going to get much improved, improved battery life. So they talked about universal apps that would run on either M1 or Intel processors. Then they also talked about Rosetta 2, which makes it possible for apps that haven't been updated for the M1. So it's an emulator. It's very much like the PowerPC to the Intel transition. Uh, so not surprising. And then they talked about iOS apps running on uh, the M1. Not a lot of detail there. I'm I'm not sure what I was expecting, but it was it was sort of a minimalist conversation about it. And then they had this video of very 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 excitable developers. Very excited. Yeah, and uh, well, the one I recognized was the company Panic. They were they were in there. Um, they were all over it. And, yeah. uh, the way they did it is they had so many developers and a lot of them got a lot of FaceTime. And there was one guy who was just super excitable and who was in it. Every, and he had he had a, a, a quite excellent mustache as well. And I kept missing his name when it came on the screen. But Panic was there. Omni Group was there. Uh, they mentioned Adobe is uh, slowly but surely. They didn't say it that way. But they're they're bringing <laughs> apps over Lightroom first and then uh, the, the other apps later on next year. So, yeah, I imagine it's going to be somewhat gradual. But it sounds like they did a lot of uh, sort of uh, uh, directing in terms of getting the developers to be as excited as they possibly could in this video. <laughs> No mention of emulation for Windows. But no. I've got a feeling that Parallels have put out a statement saying that they are going to be supported, but not VMware Fusion, if anyone's interested. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is interesting. And I, I guess because they don't have a unified story to tell. I mean, Parallels is out there, but what they're really talking about is running apps that are developed for our systems on our systems. It felt a little bit like WWDC in that sense, because there was a lot of emphasis on developers, not only just making apps for consumers, but on what developers were able to do with the Apple Silicon and the M1 chip. I have a feeling if something like Bootcamp was still there, they would have mentioned it. So I think we can assume, at least as far as Apple is concerned, what what they have built in, which is which is Bootcamp, I think we can probably assume that that's not well. I c- it couldn't happen. I mean, bootcamp couldn't happen, right? Gone. Because there's no emulation right. at all. So right, right. Um, unless there was an ARM version of Windows, which I think there used to be, but I don't know anything about. Well, there that. is, but there's no software for it. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's a problem then. Hardly any. <laughs> when thinking about the biggest time wasters at work, I don't even have to give that much thought at all. The answer is email. In fact, a recent study found that almost 50% of the time that managers spend tending to their inboxes is spent on emails that should never have been sent to them or that didn't need an answer. What if you could just press a magic button and never see those annoying emails again? Well, that's exactly what SaneBox does. With just a few clicks, SaneBox automatically gets your email under control and filters out all the messages that don't need your attention. And you don't even have to switch email apps because it works with whichever email client you already use. It also has some nifty features like the sane black hole where you can vanquish senders you never want to hear from again. And SaneBox reminders for sending email reminders to your future self. So I've got a bunch of email accounts like a lot of us do, but I've had one particular account for more than 20 years, probably 25 years. And so over time, the number of people who have that email address and send me mail that I really don't need to see has just 
grown exponentially. And so when I got the chance to try SaneBox, I was really excited about that because I have mail filters, but I really wanted an intelligent assistant to go in there and sort of look at stuff and say, no, this is something you can look at later. This is something you ought to see now. This is something you should never see again. And so what SaneBox does is it starts that process for you, and then you have the ability to give it further information. No, I never want to see email from this person again. Yes, this is important. Oh, why don't you remind me about this next week? I did that recently. I got a request from somebody that I just couldn't address right away, but I knew I wanted to deal with next week. So I sent that to what's called the SANE Later folder. And sure enough, the following Monday, it popped up and I was ready to deal with it. See how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com parallel today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's SaneBox, S-A-N-E, box.com slash parallel. Our thanks to SaneBox for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Are we ready to talk about the MacBook Air? Yep, absolutely. Yes. First first product we got, uh, a spoiler alert again, because, well, we talked about it before, but there is a, a brand new MacBook Air, and... Um, all of the Macs, uh, just sort of the, the visuals and the aesthetics of introducing all of these new Macs were, were quite uh, well done. Apple lived up to its usual aesthetics, and because, of course, it's pre-taped, they can do fancy effects and things. Uh, they said the uh, MacBook Air is the most popular Mac. It is the best-selling 13-inch notebook. It is 3.5 times faster than previous generations, up to three times faster than similar laptops. See, that's another one of those where they've chosen a statistic that sort of benefits them. I'm sure that smokes Chromebooks. I mean, for sure. I don't know what other similar laptops they might be talking about. It's 95 faster than something uh, running so some PC laptops. It has no fan, which is very exciting. Now, when I, I'm going to give you a battery stat, and having just watched the iPhone event not long ago, I was really struck by all the battery stats in this presentation. They say up to 15 hours wireless web browsing, six hours longer than the previous version. Uh, I'm sorry, six hours longer than the previous version for video playback, and I didn't write down the number for that. But those 18. are, you're 18, thank mm-hmm. you. You're talking about iPhone level battery life. You're not talking about three hours, five hours, six hours, seven hours anymore. And for us, we can crank the display brightness right down. down. Yeah. There is a signal. Im- there's a faster uh, image signal processor or ISP that makes the camera improve. They didn't talk about making the cameras themselves better, but the signal processor makes it possible to get the sharpest possible images out of the camera. And it starts at $9.99 and $8.99 for education. And uh, while you guys say your thoughts, I'm going to be looking at the configuration page, and I'll come back with some of that stuff for you. I felt very old because when they said ISP, that made me think of Internet Service Provider. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Shelly, is it exactly the same form factor? It's a little hard to tell because the picture is slightly different, but it looks very similar. They specified that the MacBook Pros, spoiler alert again, uh, were the same form factor, Mm -hmm. but they didn't say that explicitly with the MacBook Air. And I know from Apple that if they don't say something explicitly, it's because they don't mean, they mean to not say it explicitly, but it looks, and I'm going to get to the weight as soon as I can. And also explicitly said no fan. Yeah, right. so the the case design has to change a little bit to account for that, but I have I'm to really imagine curious. it looks similar because if it did, they probably would you know talk about their bold new design and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I'm really curious it, what the RAM and um, what the what the nine ninety nine price like RAM and storage what it gets you because that's yeah. been my sort well. Of- let's just run through stats then. So both come in three colors: uh, space gray, gold, and silver. Uh, they both have the M1 chip. They both have eight core CPUs and the 999 version. We're going to be talking about two versions here. So I don't know how configurable it is yet, but the way they, you know, they usually have good, better, best. And there are two configurations on this page. And the lower configuration has a seven core GPU and the higher configuration has an eight core GPU. They both have all the other same number of cores. Uh, eight gig unified memory in both. 256 SSD storage, uh, Retina display with True Tone, Magic Keyboard, Touch ID, Force Touch Trackpad. It, it doesn't. And, and oh, here's the ports: two Thunderbolt USB 4 ports in each one, 
The lower configuration is $9.99. The higher configuration is $12.49. So it looks to me like for $300, that's your extra GPU because everything else, like, oh, I'm sorry, um, you get you can get a 512 gig SSD in the higher end one. So for $300, you get an extra GPU core and you get double the storage. That's so the I'm guessing there's no way of, up, like there's no RAM changes then. It sounds like if it's all wow. and. If it's eight gigs I'm, unified, so that's video RAM and regular, and that's, I mean, the thing I, I'm interested in though is we that is our RAM when we bought yeah we went to sixteen. So I'm so are we thinking in terms of old school desktop OS though? You know, we don't know for a fact that Big Sur for on ARM is more akin to a desktop operating system than a mobile operating system because how much RAM is there in in an iPhone? Like yeah, you can buy sixteen gig RAM instead of ten, instead of eight for an extra two hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm sure it's not user upgradable, but you no, can no, buy I, I, I didn't mean that. But I just, I didn't know if eight was the only option. Right, uh-huh. and you can also we, that's what we you did can too. get two fifty six, five twelve, or one terabyte, or up to two terabytes. So uh-huh. for eight hundred dollars, you can add, you can get up to two terabytes. This is on the lowest I think, configuration. I think though, to to Robin's point, I think you you know you may be right that it. It may be more efficient as far as RAM use and stuff, but you're still using all the same apps that you used before. So I think, you know, whatever RAM requirements you needed before probably are going to be still more or less the same. Like, um, I'm just really interested to know because, you know, obviously I would imagine, um, you know, all the all the big names. I don't know why, but Microsoft, you know, Office uh, sprung to mind. But, you know, that obviously exists on Mac OS uh, Intel. Um, you know, but it also exists on iOS and, you know, that's the, got a fraction of the footprint. So will it be more akin to the desktop version? Cause they're all going to have to rebuild them from scratch, aren't they? So I think, I think time will tell. I think we're mm. just gonna have to wait and see what, uh, when, when people start getting these computers in their hands and they start talking about that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because obviously the Apple creative pro apps are the first ones that are going to be optimized. And if you're a Final Cut Pro person or a Logic Pro person, you would probably have fewer questions about that than if you're using Adobe software or some other thing that has not been updated and has not been optimized quite as specifically for this level of memory. Again, we're talking about the MacBook Air, so we're talking about the lowest end product. I'm probably going to have more questions about this when we talk about higher end devices to be honest hmm. i wonder an ipad pro you know you've got some real um flagship apps that run on there some really heavyweight apps but they're not running in a on a device with 16 gigs of ram you know it's much less so yeah interesting we will see yeah and i, I mean for a lot of people the way they're going to use a macbook air is pr- probably the first thing they would upgrade is not the memory i mean 200 dollars is not outrageous. But to be honest, if it's me, and if I'm trying to decide what's the first thing I'm going to upgrade, I'm probably going to upgrade the storage. Mm -hmm. Just me. So next up, we have the MacBook Pro, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which appears to have replaced uh, the existing 13-inch MacBook Pro. You can still get bigger, older MacBook Pros if you want to. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I did that in the wrong order, but I don't care. Let's talk about MacBook Pros because I have that page open. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the 13-inch MacBook Pro only. It is rated 2.8 times faster than the previous. And, and, and I question, is that than the previous MacBook Pro? There were several cases in which they would just say it's X times faster, and they wouldn't say then what. And there were some graphs and charts and things like that, but those were usually specific to it's faster than a PC laptop. Similarly, it says graphics are five times faster than what? Three times faster than comparable Windows laptop is when they said uh, it. They said three pounds, and they said this twice. That's about what that is. What the MacBook Pro uh, weighs currently. They said it was the same form factor. They say this is the world's fastest compact Pro notebook. So there's a little hedging going on there. We also have a cooling system. I don't know what kind of a fan, or it's some sort of cooling system. I would assume it is a some sort of fan. Active, so something's going yeah. on. <laughs> right. Bat- battery life up to 17 hours for wireless web browsing, 20 hours video playback. And we talked about earlier that probably that means local video playback, and the wireless web browsing is a function not only of the 
use of the browser, but also the wireless radio involved. Again, still, you know, phone level battery life specs. Studio quality mics, which correct me if I'm wrong, but are, are those in the previous MacBook Pro? Is, I know they put those in the iPad Pros, or that's what they said, studio quality yeah, mics. Yeah, it was in the previous MacBook Pros as well. Okay. Uh, and then advanced camera signal uh, ISP processors as well. I would guess it's the same one. And I'm going to look for stats. I wrote down two Thunderbolt and USB support, USB 4 support. And so I'm curious as to whether those are the only two ports. Uh, same design as before, three pounds. Starts at $12.99, $11.99 for education. They, except they didn't say starts at in the case of the MacBook Pro. But I'm going to do my little bit and I'm going to go over to the specs page and I'm going to see what I find out. Is there still the touch bar? Touch bar still there? Yes. They didn't mention anything. They didn't mention the touch bar. <laughs> they at didn't all. mention it. No. <laughs> Somebody with eyes flagged it to me. So, yeah. Very interesting. Whether there's an alternative as well. So you only can get the MacBook Pro in silver or space gray. Interestingly enough, I do don't you know see why. A touch bar? Uh, I have. Well, they always talk about that the Pro products don't have as many colors because the they people always. Oh, uh- <laughs> Serious. Okay, so uses. so I was I was wrong. They still offer. There's a button at the top that one says M1 and one says Intel. So there is there still are Intel options. We're going to pretend they don't exist for the moment. Uh, silver and space gray. Uh, there are 12.99 and 14.99 configurations. It is a 12.3 inch backlit display with IPS technology. I have no way of knowing whether this display is any different. My guess is no, because they didn't say that it was. Um, the, this one has eight core CPU with four performance cores and four efficiency cores, eight core GPU, 16 core neural engine. So except for the seven core GPU and the lower in the MacBook Air, it's the same, it appears to be the same processor. Mm-hmm. Eight gigs of RAM, unified memory again, configurable to 16. You get 256 gigs of storage in the base base model and 512 in the higher model, configurable up to one or two terabytes if you like. Two Thunderbolt slash USB-C, two Thunderbolt slash USB-4 ports with support for chargers, DisplayPort, Thunderbolt 2, or USB 3.1. So so it's only two ports. There's a headphone jack. It shows the side of it, and there are two ports on one side, and on the other side is a headphone jack. Do the MacBook Airs have a headphone jack as well? Or MacBook Airs, yeah, have a headphone jack as well? It does I have a touch bar. I assume so. I assume so too, but I don't know. Yeah, there's there's definitely a touch bar. It, it looks very much like the previous generation. And I think that's that's about it. And so those two configurations sell for $12.99 and $14.99. So there's only $200 difference between the two MacBook Pros, even though one has double the memory and mm. double the storage. So I'd have to sort of work out whether that's a good deal or not. But the low-end MacBook Pro and the high-end MacBook Air appear to sell for the same amount. I think that's kind of what we were looking at last time. I think with the previous models, because I think if you really um, tricked out the the MacBook Air, got it as far, and it was pretty much the same as the um, base model MacBook Pro. So it just depended on, again, whether you wanted the touch bar or not. The Intel ones, just for fun, I flicked over to that page, and the two configurations they offer are considerably more expensive. The lowest <laughs> end Intel is eighteen hundred dollars. <laughs> and these are these are thirteen inch still. Yeah, I, I double checked that. It is a two point gigahertz quad core, and it is thirteen inches. Nine. Five, you, you get five twelve gig storage, and you get sixteen gig RAM. But again, I, I don't know. Wonder what that means. I wonder what that means. Hey. Does that mean? the processors aren't quite to the same level of performance. Like, why would they still offer those? That's, that's, that's really interesting. Well, and I'm, I'm looking at to. the display again. It says 13.3 inch display, which is, I guess, a little bit bigger than a little bit bigger, but it's not like a 15. It's definitely a 13.3 inch display. So it's not like it's a giant laptop. I'm, I'm a little puzzled by that. Maybe it's temporary. But I these seem like these seem like good configurations though, to be honest. And they're it's it's fairly simple. I mean, all you're choosing is memory and storage. I wish that they had more ports on the pro because you need one of those to charge. 
And then another one could be your monitor port. I guess a lot of people will do what they do with MacBook Pros now and get a dock. Did the old 13-inch only have two as well? Or did it have... Because the MacBook Air has two. But I thought the MacBook Pro had four. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it never I did. I don't know. I can't remember. But I have four. one, but it's not here. <laughs> it's in the other room. Um, it has two on one side. I remember... I'm trying to remember if it has two or four. Uh, let me look here. Yeah, the old one had four. Four, four Thunderbolt 3 USB-C ports. That's right. So you had... Two on one side that you you could do it on either side, but the way a dock those docks typically work is that sometimes they'll take up both ports on one side, and then they have additional ports for USB A or for a an SD drive or something like that, and then and a, uh, so you still have two USB ports that aren't taken up by that. So yeah, you've lost a couple of ports in this generation of MacBook Pros, which is unfortunate. Is USB four different from USB C? Yeah, because I think the I think what we have on ours, our USB C is USB three point one. So they must be up yeah. to, to Steve is the shape rather than vertical. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it, Right, um, it's like micro and mini and, and so on. I believe that they're pretty like I think USB four I've heard is a, is like Thunderbolt speeds now. Like it's it's slightly faster, I think. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, because they differentiate them. So they're they're Thunderbolt slash USB four. So it's it's either one. So for Thunderbolt, you're probably talking about monitors, uh, other kinds of adapters like that. And USB four, it could be like a storage device or something. All right, shall we move on to the last of the three Macs? Da, da, da. Sure. This is my That's favorite. The Mac Mini. <sighs> That's what I'm talking to you on now. Plan to get one of those? Are you? Yeah, mine's ancient and I've got non-standard RAM and an SSD in there from to replace the spinning drive. I think it's 12, 2012, and I desperately need a new shiny. So, yeah. So as I go to the uh, Mac Mini page and I'll I'll talk about what they announced. Uh, as I go to the Mac Mini page, there are still Intel Mac Minis available as well, which is interesting. So the Mac Mini looks the same, but it was a white box as opposed to sort of a space gray. I don't remember. I don't believe the Mac Mini came in colors. I think they were all space gray. So it's up to three times faster than the previous quad-core Mac Mini. And they had said an interesting thing. They said there's lots of I.O., including two USB-C ports. My question was, but those are the only ones you mentioned, eh? Uh, you can connect, and, and all of these, you can connect the uh, Pro XDR monitors, which is pretty cool. And they start at $699. So not a lot of detail, and I'll go through the specs with you, but uh, basically, brand new Mac Mini. Very exciting. I have to imagine, I'm trying to think what some, they, they, they might have some USB-A ports on there still for compatibility. There's probably an Ethernet port for people who use them. Um, well, you know. I'll, I'll roll through all that if you okay, like. Okay, if, it, if, it, so, if the specs show you that, cool. Yeah, no problem. So we have the Apple M1 chip with the eight-core CPU with four performance and four efficiency cores. They all seem to have that. It has an eight-core GPU, which is the same as everything except the lowest-end MacBook Air. It's so interesting that they made that MacBook Air with like seven GPUs instead of eight. I guess that's what they had to do to keep it under $1,000 is my guess. Smaller screen, fewer pixels. Yeah, but but the two MacBook Airs, one has seven GPUs and one has oh. eight. So uh, we have eight gigs of RAM standard. So all of these devices have eight gigs. Uh, configurable to 16. You can get a 256 or 512 gig drive configurable up to two terabytes. Uh, simultaneously supports up to two displays. That's exciting. I would love that. Thunderbolt 3 digital video output supports. Uh, native display port output over USB-C, Thunderbolt 2 DVI and VGA output, so that's one output, support using um, adaptive and what? I, you, oh, there's an HDMI 2 port. Let me just scroll down to see the pictures of the ports. Built-in speaker. There's a headphone jack. Okay, here's the ports there. This is going to be a lot simpler. There's an Ethernet port, as you surmised. There is a Thunderbolt slash USB 4. There's an HDMI. There is a USB-A. That's one side. So we have DisplayPort, Thunderbolt. Uh, then we have two USB-A ports, a gigabit Ethernet port. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself because I'm looking at a picture and also reading the specs. And so the total number of ports, it's got two Thunderbolts, a couple of USB-As, an HDMI, 
gigabit ethernet and a headphone jack. So mm. pretty much what that's a good, that's a good setup. That's a good configuration. That's probably I love anything the idea you could expect reasonably yes. expect to have. Absolutely. And the base configuration with your eight gigs of RAM and your 256 drive is 699. The next configuration is $900. You know what? That is a bomb diggity deal right there. One stat that isn't necessarily very meaningful, but sounds very, very good. I'm quite excited about is that it's 10th the size and five X faster than an equivalent class desktop, whatever that means. I also need to correct myself. The, the display, the uh, picture of the Mac mini looked white to me because it was on this background of all Apple white stuff, but it is apparently silver, which is a little bit better. I would prefer space gray maybe, but silver's fine. So, all right. Who's going to buy what and what, what time? Six nine nine. Did you say that? Six ninety nine yeah. for eight gigs, two fifty six, and eight ninety nine for five twelve, uh, and eight gigs. So you have to get, spend a couple hundred dollars to get up to sixteen gigs in both cases. And big, you know, we buried the lead. The chime is back. I was getting to that, but oh, no, that's, sorry. yeah, I was excited about that. That was, that was sorry, described. I will get one. Yes, I will no, get one. that's fine. That was, that was in a video. And I would have thought that that would be something that Craig would just come out and go, the chime is back. Not just for the Mac mini, but for all of them, I presume. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No putting in crazy commands in the terminal yeah. to, to re-enable the chime. <laughs> Very exciting. And the power chong or whatever that is, you know, when you put your, I've enabled that as well. So all of these can be ordered today and they will be available next week. And Big Sur comes out this Thursday. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, oh. And so we have the, the film. It ends with uh, people very excited. Again, I think more famous people, more creative people. Again, more and more uh, creative class apps being shown off games. And then at the very end, a uh, flashback to the I'm a PC guy. Poor guy trying to run really fast. And can't <laughs> I love that thing at the that end. That was kind of adorable. I did love it. Because I love those commercials back <laughs> in the day. I loved those commercials. That was right <laughs> when I was getting into Apple stuff, when those yeah, things started. Same. And I mm-hmm. loved those commercials. And so it was It was fun. I, I liked seeing those. The, uh, like, I'm just as fast... <laughs> And, yeah, and he's like, he, he almost, and it was really kind of well done because he's in this baggy suit and he's on a white background, which it looked just like the old PC ad, PC Mac ad days. And he's like in this really baggy suit and he sort of makes an attempt to try and run, but, it, but he can't. It's like a middle-aged person who's like, I, I want to run. I just can't. It was, it was so well done. His body language was great. <laughs> yeah, those commercials were great. Great to see John Hodgman again. So friends, uh, what do we think of the lineup? And and I I'll ask I'll ask seriously. Like, are we are we thinking about uh, getting devices? Holly and Darcy, maybe not so much because you just got your MacBook. Yeah, <laughs> just like in late August. Yeah, which we <laughs> so, knew this was coming, but it was still coming. what are you waiting for? Yeah. yeah, but these are Gen One. You know, you're gonna miss the teething hardware problems. That's that's how I'm I'm justifying it to myself that like this is you know the first gen we we were saying before the recording um holly and i both got gen gen one uh macbooks when they first came out the intel macbooks and i think over the course of three years i think apple had to replace everything in that computer that i had so um <laughs> you're hopefully gonna be jumping this, on the this... m3 it's gonna yeah. be <laughs> oh yeah by the strips <laughs> off the m1 by the time i get mine they'll have worked out all the bugs um oh yeah so i'm i'm not and one thing that apple is really good at is supporting stuff for a long time. So I think, um, and they said it's even going to take two years for um, the whole Intel transition to ha- or the whole um, Apple Silicon transition to happen. So I think they will support, um, like I think versions of Mac OS will support the Intel stuff for a long time to come. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not too bad. I mean, my, my computer's still fast. The only thing I'm missing out on is being able to run iOS apps, but I hate running Catalyst apps, so I don't know how much I'll actually miss anyway. Well, and the thing I was thinking this morning was like, you know, 
this probably won't help Darcy, but Apple ha- Apple the Apple Card has the interest-free payments, and so I can pay my computer off in a year, and you know, a year or two if I decide I want to get another computer, then that option will probably be there, and you know, I won't have to wait eight nine years between computer purchases this time maybe so by the time you know i get ready for a new computer they'll have all the work like we said they'll have all the kinks worked out of it so win-win that is how i spin it (laughs) (laughs) how about you robin you're itching for that mac mini huh i am but at the same time it's got to run the w word it's got to run windows i'm afraid so that's going to be serious emulation isn't it uh but i reckon it'll be fast enough to handle it but VMware, which is my uh, emulation thingamabob of choice, isn't supported and they're not saying when. So it won't be straight away. Certainly won't be, you know, order now, get next week. Or maybe it will. I don't know. But um, yeah, that's got to happen first. I think Parallels has said that they will. So it is possible. It's doable. So I don't know. But I certainly want one. How about you? Yeah, I it's it's on. Honestly, I don't know that I need one. I'm not in that circumstance. I think if I got one, I want the MacBook Air because I just love that form factor and I prefer to carry a Mac to an iPad if I'm actually doing work on it. But if I were to buy a computer that would give me the most usefulness and value, I'd get a Mac Mini because I would want it here on my desk. I would probably put two monitors on it because I do use my eyeballs for things occasionally. And even if I didn't, I'd probably still consider the Mac mini because that's the, the oldest machine that I'm, I have a 2015 21 inch iMac, which I love a lot, but I can't put a second display on it. And the Mac mini is so tiny and I can still take it anywhere within my house if I wanted to. I, and it's, I think it's affordable. It's got ports. It's just really attractive. I don't know if I want to spend 900 and I would, and I would buy the memory upgrade for sure because I keep Mm. my Macs for a long time. So you're talking about, you know, $900 or something like that, which is not an outrageous price, but I have the fear of the first generation as well. Well, so we've had three Apple events. We have phones, we have iPads, we have Macs, and we talked about what we might buy. Uh, Regardless of what you actually are going to buy, had you known at this point all of the things Apple was going to announce what would be the one thing? You have to buy one thing, but you only have to buy one thing. So what would be the one thing that was most interesting to you that you'd want to buy? I need a new watch. My watch is getting old. <laughs> and so I'm actually still thinking about buying a new watch at some point in the near future. So that would be mine. <laughs> I was How about you, Darcy? The same. Oh, sorry. Oh, the watch? Would you get the 6 or the, the SE or the, the 6? The 6, I think. Yeah, the six, I've yeah. got an S3 at the moment. So. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And the updates are killing me. That's another rant for another podcast. But Oh, I had to completely, re- um, you know, refresh mine. What do you call it? Um, reset it because Unpair it wasn't re- enough. Yeah, same. <laughs> enough and it's really annoying. It's crazy. There have been several. There have been like three or planning. four updates, I think. Yeah, and, and there's like not it. enough memory on those Series 3 watches to do an update, update without basically unpairing it and starting okay. over. That's what I did. Ah. I was scared. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a Series 4, so that's not a problem I've had, but I've noticed the number of updates. Like, I pick the watch up, and it's like, oh, we want to update. Put it on the charger. Again? (laughs) But that's good. That's like, you know, a present each time it comes. I guess so, as long as there's a feature in there for you. So so I would have trouble. Well, let me me ask, Darcy, do you feel the same way? Would you get a watch, or what what would you you like? I'm good. I got a... I got a Series Five watch. See, that's that's the problem. I I got a bunch of stuff last year. I just got the new Mac, so I'm I'm kind of good right now. Like, um, you got to choose something. I got to choose something. Well, <laughs> I, I suppose you got to pick something. Yeah. All right, if I absolutely have to pick something, I guess I would pick an iPad because I don't have one of those. So just <laughs> by go. process of elimination, I would I would pick an iPad. So just to make your life even more confusing, uh, I've been talking a lot about the voice over recognition features that are in the iPhones and they're in the 10R forward. And Actually, my I understanding. My okay. I want to change my answer. If I had to buy something, I think I would get one of those home, the HomePod minis. Cause I'm curious about those. I forgot all about those. That's what there I would you get. Go. There you go. <laughs> so, so voice over recognition, my understanding is it's only in the iPhone 10R and forward. And I was surprised when I upgraded my 2018 iPad pro to 
iOS 14, that voiceover recognition is also available there, which was kind of exciting. And so my question would be whether it's in the iPhone or the iPad Air as well. But those voiceover recognition features are kind of fun. And if I were in a position where I had an old device that didn't support any of them, that's probably the choice I would make. But since I am in the position of, I always, I always do this. I try to get Apple devices that are different ages. So there's never two or three things that I really need to update. And I feel like right now, subject to change, the thing I would get is the is the Mac Mini. Totally get the Mac Mini. The weirdest thing about voiceover recognition, and for people that aren't aware, it's where if you have voiceover running, the speech output on your iOS device, then as you um, highlight images, it describes what the image is. If it lands on a control that hasn't got a proper label, then it will have a guess based on, I don't know, doing text recognition of the label, you know, the, the visual text on the button, for example. In my iPhone 8, which is running iOS 14, there isn't that option under accessibility, under voiceover. Voiceover recognition isn't there. Right. But it works for me. Oh, really? It actually is there for me, well, but not the options. There so, is an option. Yeah, like, there is a difference when you turn recognition on or off. Like, you still get some recognition stuff, but there's there's more of it when you turn it on. So there's there's different kind of levels to that. Yeah, and you also have the ability to turn it on for individual apps, which I love. And there are three kinds. There's, as you'll find out in the next episode of Parallel, when I finish up my iOS 14 and iPhone 12 and 12 Pro review, there's three different kinds of recognition, which don't work quite as expected in all cases. But the things they're supposed to do, as Robin was saying, is identify unlabeled controls, identify images, and then also read text that's contained in images. And all of those are separated out into individual features, and you can apply them generally or to specific apps. And that's supposed to be not in devices earlier than the 10R, or as I found out, you know, that works in the iPad Pro. But it's interesting that you have some version of it in the 8. The weird thing is, it feels like it's all of those three things permanently selected and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> because oh, every image is, is, you know, explained. There are um, tabs at the bottom, you know, you've got tabs on some um, apps that I actually wish I could turn it off because right. it now does the little ding sound, which means it's trying to recognize something. And it says possibly such and such when I know for a fact that this is a, an app from Apple, this first party app. I'm sure that thing is labeled properly, but it's trying its best to do something different. So I've got no idea what's going on. I would like to be able to have a bit more control because in some instances, yes, things are speaking worse than they were before, but I do get all the uh, images being spoken. Yeah, I think that would drive me a little crazy if I didn't have those controls. Well, back to today's one more thing event. Has anybody got any uh, any any final thoughts or observations? We didn't really talk about sort of the feeling of the event other than uh, the videos. And I, I, th I feel like I'm so used to these things at this point. I don't even have any clever commentary about the style of the events because this is literally the third one in a season and the fourth one this year that's been of this format. I would say I kind of like these little quick events. Um that, you know, as opposed to, you know, the long um, in-person ones, because they, you know, they just show what they need to show and and move on. And the, the other thing that was, I, I thought of about halfway through, because um, I'm someone who uses audio description, and, you know, it just started and there was audio description. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is described now. Like, this is not something before this year that that was the case. And it's just like, I didn't even think of it until like halfway through. I'm like, Oh, yeah, this is being described. This is um, so jaded we would now. Have missed, yeah. we, would have, we would have missed out on all the cool like transitions and the videos. Yeah, it really, it really hel helps in this format even more so than it does in the normal format because there's so much aesthetic stuff, so much visual stuff that, mm -hmm. I mean, frankly, like if I'm taking notes, I'm not looking at the screen. So I, I benefit from it a lot. And I don't know necessarily where I am at Apple Park, but it tells me, it says you're in the upper lobby of the Steve Jobs Theater mm -hmm. or Tim Cook is in Cafe Max. Everything completely empty. Clear the space. Tim is coming and clean it up. Make it look really pretty. <laughs> I know this is absolutely not going to happen, but I'm going to vote for a fourth event why not they're on a roll let you know december let's do what the do you fourth. want them to announce at the fourth I event i want Robin. them to announce apple glass 
glasses. <laughs> that's not and happening. It's not happening. That's, that'll come air right tire. after the air tags, Robbie. Yeah, yeah. air tags. One air glass. Thing. Yeah. Air glass. So, I'm telling you, there's no air tags. He said, Tim Cook said 2021. So that was his saying. Okay, it's, no more events. It's called vapor. They're on a roll. That's what it's called. I, I don't <laughs> think yeah. just, I mean, I think just, I don't think they would because we're already getting kind of close to the holiday season. I, I think this is it for at least a little while. Well, yeah. and remember that Apple Glass, whatever that is and whenever it is, that's going to be a development platform. So that's the kind of thing they would announce at a WWDC because they're yeah. going to need to line up developers to make stuff for it. They're certainly laying the groundwork for it. You know, LiDAR now has that brilliant man- measurement capability, which we're already seeing live in the camera, viewfinder, etc. cetera. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, for us, we've got a lot to be excited about, about Apple Glass, even though it's not going to have a camera, say, which I don't think it will for privacy reasons. But um, we know it's going to happen. It's just a question of when. But yeah, no, it won't be next month. But I was just you know, and, putting and it out there. And even if they did come up with more products, like they don't necessarily have to have events for them. Like prior to yeah. this batch of events we've had, you know, other than the fall event in WWDC, often when they would come out with something new, it would just drop. Like, you know, when the new ver- new versions of the AirPods come out and that kind of thing. And, that, and there were rumors that there were going to be new headphones because um, they've discontinued, like, or they've stopped selling, apparently, a lot of third-party audio stuff in the Apple Store. So that was, that was you know, leading to some of the rumors that maybe um, they were going to come out with some more, some more headphones and, and stuff like that in... Uh, in the, but it hasn't happened yet, so it will be. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing about headphones and audio generally is that they're, those are both very consumer-friendly things that you would want to have new ones for the holidays if you had them. But they're also the kind of things you don't need an event for. You just and 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 they're they're sort of handicapped by the fact that Apple stores are only partially open. There are some places where they're not open. There are a lot fewer fewer people going, and headphones and things like the HomePod Mini are the kind of thing that you buy when you're in a store doing your holiday shopping, much more so than you otherwise would. And so Apple may have just said, you know what, let's hold off until we're able to get more people in stores. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. Well, thanks everybody for joining me today. Let me go around and give everybody a chance to plug all the fabulous things they're doing on the internet. Darcy, what fabulous things are you doing on the internet? Um, well, I'm still working my way through that Swift UI course. I thought I'd be done by now, but something happened last week that we went, that took a lot of my attention and was a huge distraction and um, <laughs> was not able but to focus okay. on the uh, the Apple uh, stuff. So because I had to doom scroll Twitter constantly, apparently. Um, yep. Same. So <laughs> on day 99, so almost there, almost finished the 100 days of Swift UI course. Hopefully, by the time we talk to you again on accessibility, I will be done and all that. But you can follow me on Twitter if you want at at DHS Darcy, and uh, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Ollie, when you're not doom scrolling, where can you be found on the internet? Same on Twitter at DHS Holly, and I too was distracted by something last week and did not get finished with the Swift UI um, course. And hopefully, we'll be finished by the time we talk again, unless something major happens. Yeah, so join me on Twitter. I question and your you priorities, Holly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Robin, I hear you have things going on that you'd like to tell us about. What are those, please? Yeah, so I'm going to cross the streams and go over to um, Apple Unrelated Hardware for a second. Dots uh, and Don't other echoes of different shades. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the Dot to Dot podcast is now on episode something like 1,380, something like that. My goodness. So if you like the echo, then check that out. We haven't missed a day. And we have another weekly show, myself and a brilliant guy called Sean Priest, he's so funny and absolutely brilliant guy. I know that do guy. A weekly show, which is I like an expanded <laughs> version. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's called the Echo Show. So please check out the Echo oh, Show. Oh, so clever! The Echo Subscribe, Show. Subscribe. <laughs> tell your friends. Yeah, that's right. Where can um, people find it? Yeah, just search for the Echo Show, or ask your smart speaker, and it will be played. You can probably find it on your Echo Show. If you, it's going to say. 
Exactly. If I asked my Google yeah. Home, would it uh, probably? <laughs> yeah, 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 it would. Well, yeah. Congratulations on the new show. That's that's terrific. So Thanks. now I'm going to promote a couple of my things, and then we're going to promote the shows that we're on right now. So I'm continuing to work on my book about iOS accessibility, iosaccessbook.com. That should be out later this month, although I've been distracted by a lot of things, some involving doom scrolling and some involving other podcasts I've been doing. The second part of my parallel uh, review of the iPhone 12 Pro and 12 will be out in a few days. In fact, it would have been out today had we not been doing this show. I'm almost done with it, but I talk a lot about accessibility features like voiceover recognition. I do a demo of the new people detection feature. There's a lot of demos. There's a lot of going outside and pointing at things and seeing what voiceover has to say. So I'm really excited to share that with people. You can find that on the Parallel feed. You can follow Parallel at Parallel Pods on Twitter. You can find the show at relay.fm slash parallel. If you're a Mac accessibility listener, if you're not a Mac accessibility listener, you should go to maxaccessibility.net or follow Mac accessibility. And as the name implies, we talk a lot about Macs, but we talk about all sorts of other Apple products as well. And my calendar indicates that we will be doing another regular regularly scheduled Mac accessibility roundtable November 19th, which is not this Thursday, but next Thursday. As always, we will be streaming it live. If you use the VO hashtag if you use the VO live hashtag, you can communicate with us. I didn't throw it to Twitter once, so I hope I didn't miss any great Twitter comments. But I promise you on the next episode, we will catch up with all the Twitter comments and questions we might have received today and then as well. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>